Hello and welcome to episode 213 of the VegGrow podcast. My name's Richard and I like to grow food in my allotment. And today is the 25th of March 2019 and today we are joined by Sean James Cameron. Now Sean James Cameron is a YouTuber. He's been producing videos for YouTube for many many years now. He has over 30,000 subscribers and I think it's safe to say he knows what he is doing with YouTube. But what I'm really interested or what I really wanted to find out is that he has a podcast coming out in the not too distant future. So to find out more I thought well, I have a chat and that's what we did when I caught up with him at the Yardhill Home Show but before that of course we have what I've been up to over this last week in my garden and allotment. Today is the 20th of March 2019 I'm just in the potting shed sowing a few more seeds. The one I'm just doing at the moment is a cabbage a variety called April. Now I mentioned last week that I'm away this weekend which means I am thinking about how I can get all my gardening jobs done efficiently this week. And that means I've been utilising my time when I'm not working. Now work at the moment is very quiet. I finished today and I got down the allotment at half two in the afternoon. I should have still been working till half five but because the work's not there. I get to go home. <laughs> but I went down the allotment. I spent the first hour moving a load more wood chip from the from the pile. I'm um, not a huge amount has gone since the weekend, and I've seen there were several other piles of wood chips scattered around the allotment site. So there's plenty that needs using up. The pile on near my area is huge, and yeah, yeah, I think it just needs using up now so I figured I'll do a bit more so I, I, I laid that down on some of the paths on 128B which is the original half of my allotment I had to do it by buckets one because my wheelbarrow is falling to pieces I need to get a new wheelbarrow and two I when I built my beds I made the paths too small to fit a wheelbarrow down anyway so that's been a lesson that I'd like to share with everyone don't make your paths too small that's got the purple sprouting broccoli sloan now I'm moving on to kale after the wood chip I done a bit of weeding and I actually brought a bucket of weeds back home with me for the birds but before after I'd done the weed and head and before heading home I actually watered my allotment it's been a bit dry and I I believe in trying to lock moisture into the soil so I didn't do a huge watering but just enough to do what I kind of wanted to do after that I went home and I let the chickens out of their pen like I quite often do they've run around the vegetable patch I checked on them of course as I always do and collected eggs also checked on the quail and last night I put a picture on Instagram I got my first quail egg of the season yeah she's laying again and uh, she's laid another egg today which is great it means the eggs are coming in the quail eggs are coming in unfortunately now I've only got the one female I'm not getting such huge varieties but my plan is next week to start incubating some eggs and get some more quails and then hopefully we can get some more eggs 
they're pretty quick these quails at germinating and, and laying eggs and growing so by the end of April I could have new birds by the end of May they could be laying eggs um, after that I moved an empty water butt back into the vegetable patch I moved this water butt out when I had my fence done last year and filled it up with water now it was kind of time to move it back in and I spent a bit of time just tidying up my vegetable patch raking the soil and getting rid of a lot of the 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 dead foliage that I've left over there for birds and stuff to overwinter I've just sown some lettuce and now I'm sowing some pak choy so um and tidied that up that's all gone into the compost bin now my compost is actually looking a bit too woody there's a bit too much wood chip in it it's not enough uh green material has gone in this has been the downfall of my lawnmower breaking so i think i'm gonna have to fix my lawnmower or do something to make it easier to collect over grass clippings and stuff just sprinkling over soil over my seeds now Uh, talking of my compost, I topped up the potato pot in the greenhouse with some compost. That's actually do, grown really big. The plants are now grown a really nice big size that they well they were coming out the top of a pot. So I filled that right to the top with some compost. Um, those potatoes are growing great. Uh, they're home guard. They're going to do fantastic. So I'll keep those watered. Keep those going. I probably have to once as the compost settles down. I might have to top it up again not a huge problem really well what did i do next oh then i came into here into my potting shed and i pricked out a lot of seedlings now i had some cauliflower spring onions and broccoli that just needed to be pricked out and what i mean by pricking out is when i sow these seeds i sow them into my seed trays which are only about an inch and a half or five centimeters across but probably six inches 12 centimeters or something like that long so they're kind of long and thin but you sow a load of seeds in them and they all come up they need separating once they reach that kind of growth stage and that's what i've been doing is separating them and planting them all individually in pots or into root trainers they'll now just grow on and uh, i've got lots of spring onions actually so they're going to be good the cauliflowers are looking pretty good we'll see what happens and then just to finish it off, as I've just been doing while I'm chatting to you, I've been sowing some seeds. Uh, as I said, I've sown pak choy, lettuce, cabbage, kale, broccoli and purple sprouting broccoli. These are not going in a heated propagator for a change. They're just going to sit in one of the seed trays or in the water tray on top of a shelf. Germination will probably be quite slow, but I don't mind that. So I'm just going to pop them up here now, give them a good water in. And that'll be it for today. Well, today is the 21st of March 2019 and I am back in a potting shed today. I finished work at a reasonable time. I had not an early finish or not so early that I got down the allotment. But it was still light when I got home. In fact, it's staying light till about half six quite nicely now, which is nice. But when I did get home, I had a package. And this package came from a company called Newdorf, which is a German fertilizer company um i met them at garden press event a couple of weeks and they said then they would like to send me some samples so of course i said yeah i'll give them a try normally i don't use much in the way of feeds or brought in feeds i would use liquid seaweed when the seeds or seedlings are young then i would move on to my wormery feed and the on the allotment i quite often scatter 
pelleted chicken manure. Usually that's about all I would use these days, but they said they'll send me some and uh, well, they've arrived. So what have I got? Well, at first I've got a bag, a 1.25 kilo bag of organic tomato and vegetable food, which is a pelleted food. I've noticed that the, the fertilizer NPK ratio is 7, 3, 10, which means it's 7% nitrogen, 3% phosphorus, and 10% potassium oxide. So that should actually produce some very good tomatoes. Then there's an organic tomato feed. Now this is certified organic. MPK uh, on this is 315, so 3% nitrogen, 1% phosphorus, and 5% potassium. So that should really do quite well. And then we've also got some uh, liquid seaweed extract, super strength. Um, not much to really say on that, but well, I do have some seaweed extract that I've been using in the past. So what I've got to do now is think of an experiment, a way of conducting an experiment that I can compare these three items to what I currently use. I've got a couple of spare beds on the allotment that I could conduct an experiment with and perhaps a couple of pots just for tomatoes that I can conduct the experiment with. I'm not sure. What do you, what do you think? Let me know. All these packages from this company say they're natural, safe and effective and child and pet safe. So that should be good. Anyway, um, after that, I came out in the garden and you may know I've got like an ivy behind my vegetable patch that has created an arch and it's quite a haven for wildlife. But I noticed every time a robin would fly, fly into the ivy, I would hear this little tweeting, which led me to assume that we have baby robins in there. And these robins, there was two of them that kept going in, were obviously taking in food and, and, the, and stuff to build the babies up. I did get some audio, which I'll play in now for you. So yes, I noticed that, but while they were doing that, I did pop into my greenhouse and give that a really good watering. Everything in there is actually looking really, really good. My banana plant is starting to show some signs of green leaf just sprouting and springing back into life. My leeks, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I thought my leeks did not survive. They did not germinate. I was a bit impatient there. They have started to germinate over the last few days and they're really growing strong now. So yes, we will have leeks. I'm still going to sow another pot of leeks, but we've got leeks there. Uh, everything else, as I said, I gave it a really good watering and that should be looking good in there then I came out to my rhubarb patch which is just in front of my greenhouse gave it a bit of weeding and watering now I noticed that one of my rhubarb plants is looking like it's uh, potting on a flower spike I could be wrong it could just be how it's growing but to me it looks like a flower spike which is an indication that it's trying to bolt and trying to go to seed so we probably due to stress now the weather has been quite changeable over the last few weeks so it's probably down to that and I seem to remember that last year this rhubarb did the same thing as well so it could just be one of those things if it is a flower spike all I will do is just snap off a flower spike and get rid of the flower spike and let the plant grow it'll be fine so I'm not worried just think that's a good indication that, that perhaps watering needs to be done which is what I did I then moved my attention to my herbs that are just in front of my kitchen window. 
and I gave those a good weeding and again a really good watering. It's surprising how dry many of my pots are getting I've noticed actually so it probably is time to give everything a really good watering as we go throughout the weeks now. Sure it's still wind well it's not it's spring now in fact this literally is just spring. April showers are just around the corner so the water butts will get filled up again plus it's there to be used isn't it it's no good holding water rain water when it's there to be used well that brings everything up to date for today everything in this potting shed is looking good so I don't have a huge amount to add to that but I'm going to head on indoors and uh, start packing my bag for the weekend well it's the 25th of March 2019 today I'm back at home after my weekend away now I should just say before I went on my weekend away on Friday night I did make a point of watering all my little seedlings and plants and giving them a really good water to make sure they got through the weekend it was quite a warm weekend so I think that done a lot of the plants a lot of good if they hadn't watered I think they would have had a few losses with regards to my chickens I had my brother stay over so he made sure they were fed and watered every day and the same as a quail of course he looked after them. Chickens and quail can be left I, I've done it for a night before and they've been okay in my personal opinion I don't like to leave it any longer than that. The weekly harvest report well now that hasn't actually been released yet because uh, I haven't got round to it to be honest but I have written down and worked out the values of everything. A very low harvest this week only came to £6.51 and that's because I've been away. Then we had the chicken eggs and there was 17 of those as Bear has been laying at her eggs again. Then we've got the quail and there was only six eggs and of course we have the saddled leaf and the herbs which I harvest all the time as and when needed. Well this brings this week's diary up to date. This week's tip from the RHS Plant Grow Harvest Calendar reads Take hardwood cuttings before spring starts properly of holly, mock orange and azalea for next year. Personally I don't really go in for all of those although I do have holly and mock orange growing in my garden. I'm not exactly going to rush out and take hardwood cuttings of those to grow anymore but that might be the type of thing you want to do. Now, as much as I love gardening, having a weekend away has done me the world of good. But what was great was actually catching up with some people I don't normally get the chance to talk to. One of those, Sean James Cameron. I had the opportunity to chat to Sean James Cameron while I was at the Ideal Home Show yesterday. And uh, it's somebody I've wanted to chat to for quite a while. He's, uh, he's got a lot to talk about, as I'm sure you can imagine. So let's go find out what he has to say for himself and about his upcoming podcast. All right, well, I've finally met somebody I've been watching for years, Sean James Cameron. Many of you will know, know him from his YouTube channels, but I think it's best that you introduce yourself, Sean, and explain exactly who you are. Well, my name's Sean James Cameron. I've got a, an allotment on the London and Kent borders. It's a brand new plot that I took on about uh, a year ago, so it's quite interesting to start from scratch again after having my original plot for about 12 years. 12 years is quite a time to give up a plot. Was that really hard for you to do? I actually found it quite easy to walk away from it because I knew that the plot I was going to was a lot bigger, better. The community was better. So it was quite easy to make that decision. The only thing that did drag out a bit was the fact that I think the entire move took about seven months. 
just because I didn't have access to a car. Because ideally, what I wanted to do was to be there on one day and then be gone the next. But that didn't really work out because it was the hottest summer last summer. So I was really pleased that I didn't garden at yeah. all because um, I don't really get on with the heat. I much prefer being in the garden in the winter because you can be in the shed with a cup of tea and keep warm. Yeah, I mean, usually I would be doing this interview on your uh, allotment itself. Um, diaries didn't match up and we're here at the Ideal Home Show and I thought, ideal chance to grab a chat with you because you also have a podcast coming out soon yourself. Yes, there's a podcast starting. It's going to be called the Allotment Podcast. So it's basically everything about the world of allotments. So it's not just only about what I'm doing in the garden, but we will be portraying some of the uh, disputes that are going on. There's quite a few uh, sites that are under threat at the moment, and there are quite a few sites that have managed to secure the land from the developers. So I had a, I sort of had a feeling that there was a need to have a central place where all these stories could be shared. Because if you're in the north and your allotment is being under threat, you might learn something from somebody else in the country that has managed to save their plot. Yeah. So that's the allotmentpodcast.com. You go to there and you'll find out all the information about when it started and when you can tune into it. Yes, well, I'll definitely be listening because I'm a big podcast fan, as you know. Now, but back to your allotment story. You know, you first started in your allotment 12 years ago, you said, but did you actually start gardening before then? I started when I was about 12 years old. Now, in South Wales, I was a teenager when drugs were starting to flood the valley, so they started to become a problem. So a lot of people I went to school with are dead because of the drugs issue. And I clearly remember my parents saying to my cousin, we've got to get him into something in just, just in case the drug thing you know, because so many of my friends were getting involved with it. So they thought, get me involved with the garden. So the first task I was ever taught by my cousin was how to prune a rose. So I find it fascinating that everybody thinks pruning a rose is the most complicated thing ever. Well, for me, it, for me it isn't, because that's the first thing that I started out on. I then got introduced to the local gardening club, and when I went to the first meeting I bought one of the raffle tickets and I won the prize so she was a bit like right well you'll have to join now so I took so I then took on a plot and I went through the first 10 years of taking plots on and giving up after six months I just found it a bit hard I think I fell into that trap of I'm going to find the easiest way to do a plot where time and experience teaches you the the easiest and quickest way to do an allotment is to get on your hands and knees and just start pulling the weeds out there is no quick way to do it unless you get involved now with the no dig but that's a when i started no dig hadn't been invented then well, that's interesting. I've been doing no dig for well since I was ten years old, but it wasn't called no dig then. But saying it's the quickest way, I, I it, it works in some cases. I don't think it works with couch grass. But is it the quickest way? Because you've got to either import lots of manure and compost, which takes time, and then shift it onto the plots. Yeah, that's. I did no dig about six years ago. I was in a really well-paid job at the time, so 
for me to spend £400 on getting soiling wasn't an issue. But now with my new plot, because I've learned the hard way, because my last allotment I spent a lot of money on. And if I wanted something, I would just spend it. Whereas this new plot that I've got, I don't actually want to spend any spend any money at, at, uh, at all. If, if I am spending, there has to be a reason for it. And unfortunately, where I live in uh, southeast London, compost is £50 for a tonne, plus delivery on top. So you're talking about £60. Now, my plot is, oh, I think it's 60 foot by 55. That's a hell of a lot of money. So I'm going back. I'm sort of back in the trend a bit. I'm going back to the old way of doing things, where you get a spade and you dig. Plus, somebody observed something, because I've had a few health issues over the last two or three years, and one of my followers said, do you realise your health issues started when you started doing the no dig? Because you weren't getting the exercise of turning the soil over, which I found was quite funny. <laughs> I've never thought of that. That's a very, very interesting point. And actually, now that you say it, I've seen people completely sweating when they're digging over their plots on my allotment side, which that's a very, very interesting point. But talking of saving... Although I do agree, no dig, it does work for quite a few things. But it's but at, but at the moment, I can't justify the cost. I, I'm, I find exactly the same. I totally agree. I try and do it as cheap as I can. But talking of making things cheap, any tips that you can share to keep the costs down on an allotment? Share seeds. There are so many, like on my allotment site, we have a thing called the sharing table, where if you've got something uh, that you... Because you don't want to sow 4,000 uh, cabbage plants. So put the seeds into their packet and then go and, give that to, go and give that to somebody else. One thing I would encourage everybody to grow, I have a thing about scent. Not a lot of people think about scent in the garden. So... It, Try something called night-scented stock. And once you put that in the garden, you'll have that every year. The smell really fills up the space from about 6 o'clock in the evening. And it's just nice to sit there. You've got the smell. You've got the crickets. You could almost swear you were in a different country. So what is your favourite plant or vegetable to grow in the allotment? Well, it's not, well it isn't shark fin melon. Now, if anybody... <laughs> If anybody's watched my videos, I grew something called sharkfin melon about three years ago and couldn't really kill it. I put one plant in and it went all the way down the plot, around the corner, back down the other. I even found it up in the runner bean frame. It was everywhere. And what made it even worse was nobody knew what to do with it, at, to do with it at the end. But I think my favourite vegetable is probably runner beans but I'm a bit like everybody else when they first start you can't wait to take them home and have them for the tea but three weeks later you can't stand the sight of them <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely true and courgettes fall into that, that category so what's the future hold for your allotment and your YouTube videos going forward well my YouTube channel is sort of changing a bit because I've been doing this for eight years now and I've got to keep it interesting for myself as much as for everybody else. So I'm bringing in some other subjects. So I'm doing this thing called walking, walking the London Loop, where you can walk around the outskirts of London. It'll take two and a half years. 
So I've already got one video, and that'll also give me a bit of uh, opportunity to get out and uh, get far healthier. But you get to see the flowers and through the wildlife, so there's a bit of gardening involved there. But uh, there, there are still gardening videos, about two a month at the moment, where I just show you what I'm up to in, in the garden and uh, any problems that we deal with. Like the other week, the storm took the top of my shed off. So that's my big problem that I need to sort out next. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Now, I keep getting asked questions on how to make YouTube videos from some of my listeners. Do you have any tips for those who do want to get into YouTube and making videos? First of all, you've got to ask yourself, why do you want to do it? Now, if you're going into it for the money, give up now. There is money there, but you would take three or four years. And when I say there is money there, it's just pennies. So I probably get about £4.50 per video, where if you think of the time that goes into it, it isn't, it isn't really worth it. Why I started my channel was I was putting seeds in and the foxes were taking the, uh, the labels out. So I was forgetting what I was putting in. So I thought, right, if I film it, I will remember what's in which bed. So I put them on the internet and all of a sudden people started to have a look at them and uh, that's where the channel started from. So I'd say the first thing is is to do it because of the love of doing it. Buy a tripod because there's nothing more <laughs> annoying than a camera that's flying, all over, that's flying all over the place. And also if you are walking and talking at the same time, go very, very slowly. Because the speed of which you walk and film is a lot slower than you actually think. So practice that. Because I've seen so many videos that are spinning all over the place and you get seasick within a few minutes of tuning in. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Absolute pleasure. Uh, how does anybody find you if they want to find out more? So my YouTube channel is called Diary of a UK Gardener. That's videos that go up every week. And if you search for the allotmentpodcast.com, that's for my new podcast. But I would, love and I would love to stay and talk, but I've been talking for hours, so I'm going to pop off and have a cup of tea. Big thanks to Sean for taking part in this week's episode. Now, he mentioned in that interview that he will be releasing his own podcast and that was planning to come out when the clocks change which by my calculations is at this coming weekend so be sure to tune in for that well i'm going to draw this episode to a close i'm going to start wrapping up it's time time for bed shall we say thank you very much for listening as always if you've got any comments suggestions or anything you want to get in touch about then don't forget to email me at richard at vegegrowerpodcast.co.uk or contact me through any social media or even my website uh, social media i'm generally known as the veg Grower podcast and my website is the love to hear from you as always so please take care and i will speak to you again next time